Hey, we're live. Took us a couple minutes because I'm old and I'm bad at things. Because Google likes to change up user interfaces yeah, on a it's, weekly it's basis. Like, it, it wasn't just, it was just a couple months ago that we did one of these, if that, and they changed it again. And I'm like, what the fuck? I screwed it all up. Everybody went to the wrong link. I'm very sorry. But this is now the, the V'ger Please Season 2 Rest in Peace, the... The rip that season two of Voyager desperately deserves. My name is Joseph. I'm Peter. And we are proud to be coming to you live to a little uh, reflection on the season that was of Star Trek Voyager and how we hated every minute. Well, not every minute, most minutes, 80% of the minutes. Uh, we got great ideas from the listeners on some additional uh, season award categories. Peter and I will be doing our best to to hand out the the golden crusted shit <laughs> statues that the show deserves in each one, and uh, we'll be happy to hopefully as people filter in and have their own feedback and questions and uh, things they want to add, we'll gladly uh, take that input. Uh, the more hateful, the better. So we're looking forward to it, Peter. You've had some a little bit of a break, a little bit of a breather. Able to disconnect, reflect. Tell me, here we are, mostly through season two. What are your thoughts? It's a long season, man. I'm looking through these notes. There is a lot of ground that we covered, and I wish that traveling on an airplane with a 16-month-year-old was not pure hell, and I might have <laughs> had a chance to like go through and read my notes um, because... We, like I said, we covered a lot of ground. We went a lot of different directions this season. Yeah, I had the flu, so I was able to uh, sit here and wallow in multiple kinds of suffering, including like reviewing this information so that I could be really prepared for some, with some deep cuts uh, yeah. going back. What for us has been several months. I guess that's really what throws me off is that I was thinking back to episodes that we covered, you know, in in early spring which just feels like an eternity ago because i'm looking outside my window right now and i don't know about how weather is in columbus but here in cincinnati some real godless communist shit's happening <laughs> and there's snow falling and it's like barely like november or whatever and i hate it and it's terrible not even snow falling it's snow falling and sticking um yeah and i'm right there with you and they, i was just fucking swimming in a pool in 85 degree weather in beautiful Orlando. So this sucks. Um, how are we looking on our uh, our chat room? Uh, it looks like we got about four people watching right now. So cool. Guys, don't forget. Uh, it looks like they changed the interface on this. There's a little drop down at the top of the chat window. You got top chat and live chat. I suggest switching over to live chat so we can see stuff uh, going down real time there. Yeah. So let's. Uh... Let's dig right in, man. The very first thing I think we need to to take a look at is our, our bottom three and top three episodes of the season. Like you said, they're super long. We had a lot of options. We've we've obviously got one that's off the table until we handle it a little later. Um, but of what we watched, Peter... Do we want to go well, through and just do a quick recap of what all the episodes were, or is that going to take too much time? It'll take too long. It's like 25 of them. Let's... Let's go ahead and assume that our, our dearest and deepest fans, they know. Uh, they've internalized that deep wisdom. 
They're they're on the along the ride with us. What are your your bottom three episodes? Let's start with the worst and then finish with the best. Okay, um, I'm gonna put Elogium up there because it was the miserable Kesko's into heat. Uh, that was a piece of garbage. Uh, let's see, which one was Twisted? <laughs> Twisted was the one where, like, <clears throat> the space distortion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think. Yeah, I gotta throw Twisted. I hated Twisted because it really just felt like it. It added nothing. It was a bottle episode. The premise was stupid, and it just all felt like a big dry hump to me. It is the it was the perfect bad Voyager episode. I agree. What's what's your what's your uh, third? Man, um, <laughs> I know what it is. Let me just check my notes and make sure there was nothing else it could possibly beat. Uh, there was some damn man. I hated Prototype. Yeah, there's some. I, there's. It's like a matter of like, did I hate this enough that it's the one I hated the most? I hated fucking Dreadnought. Dreadnought is going to get my special mention, I think, for this one. Uh, Life Signs. No, Life Signs was all right. Uh, the Tuvok in charge was a piece of garbage. Um, I think I'm going to have to go and give it to what might be the worst Voyager episode I've seen, and that is going to be Tattoo. Oh, man. I was wondering if that was going to be your top choice. That's, yeah. It's tough to beat the... Chakotay backstory episode. Chakotay. You're right. I'm sorry. You're right. Chakotay. 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 Um, my bottom three are first the 37s. Oh, God. Really got so, off, how did I not put that in? <laughs> we, we got off to a real ball shattering start for I the season. 37s. With the 37s. It was an incomplete episode. It was uh, two half-baked ideas that tasted terrible together. Mm-hmm. And the the fact that they don't ever show you what the civilization of this rando group of humans in the Delta Quadrant looks like. They just tell you about it in a captain's log mm-hmm. while still doing this weird fan fiction shit with Amelia fucking Earhart who was kidnapped by aliens. Just, it was blah, just perfect. Hey, but, uh, you know, we did get Tackleberry. We did get Tackleberry with, with, a with a service a, revolver. A, yeah. Yeah. Rolled around with his gun. Um, my next, my next worse, um, my next worst episode I also will say tattoo. Um, it, that that was just a miserable watch. Um, it Chicote's backstory was the least interesting thing that the show had to explore, and then did it in the least interesting way. That in many ways stripped away all of his agency about his backstory, and had terrible child acting and a weird. You know, suggestions of the genetic tampering, the genetic tampering by alien races that formed humanity, that kind of break continuity that we already know about life in the Alpha Quadrant. It was very strange, and I hated it. Um, 
I think my my third worst, I went back and forth on a couple options here. You, you mentioned uh, a couple that I, I thought about, Elogium and Twisted. They're really bad, and I agree that they're they're really bad, and they deserve to be thought of amongst the really bad. But um, I don't think there was there was anything quite as just long term damaging to the show as much as Death Wish. I figured that was going to be your big one to touch on. Um, that episode wasn't merely bad; it ruined a key piece of. Or I wouldn't say ruined, it degraded a key piece of Trek lore while also being bad. Every other bad episode of the show is like bad in its own like containment unit. Yeah. Right next to the engine, of course, right next to the warp core. <laughs> uh, but that one was one that was bad and also made something that was much better before worse. And so that's my my worst episode of the season for that reason. It may not be qualitatively the worst 44 minutes I spent in terms of like pure misery. Um, but lo- it made me angry, unlike most of the other episodes. So I think why I went with a couple of mine is not only my viewing it as is this bad trek, but I'm also looking at was it a fun episode to watch? And to Death Wish's credit, there was a lot of cool stuff that did go down. And and I agree with you that, you know, if it steers the direction you've been hinting it's going to do some, like you said, long lasting damage, but you know, there was, there was cool stuff that went on. There was some neat, um, Q cannon that gets fleshed out and had they left it alone with just that episode, I think we have been all right. Stuff like dreadnought stuff like twisted. It's just, they're a waste. Uh, Tuvok and charger. Was that called innocence? Yes. They were just a waste of life. You know, they, they brought nothing good to the table and it was just, stupid and i'm gonna have to put the uh another candidate here on the weakest shit episode speaking of um (laughs) that stupid super torpedo yeah i i i can't wait to get to the weakest shit award um but before we do that top three episodes let's reflect on it's a hard hard question uh i'm telling you man i'm going through these notes there there's a lot of there's a lot of good in this season. Um, you know, uh, projections is a is a episode that comes to name. Um, let me see what else we got in here. Partition, persistence, bitch. Uh, Cold Fire, I think, is one that I'm definitely gonna have to put on here. I think that was great trek top to bottom. I think they invoked some real feelings of horror and dread. I felt like they were playing with real consequences. It was the first strong key into um, season two continuity with itself. Right. So that again was the one where Kess, um, they find the other space elves under caretaker two's um, care and, you know, ultimately Kess microwaves two box brain. Lots of really good uh, special effects in that one. Resistance uh, was a strong acted and, and a very star trek appropriate story but uh hmm narrow it down man i'm I'm trying that's a hard one i know you're a homer now i know that you've like gone native to voyager and so like you're you're like tickling the balls of all these mediocre episodes trying to i don't think they're mediocre man two certainly provocative i don't know if i'd say it's the best 
I, I got to go with uh, Death Lock. That was a real heavy episode. It had, you know, perceivable consequences. It faked me out really well, and it, you know, elicited some genuine emotional reactions to Voyager episodes, which is something I never thought I would have said with my own mouth. And for them to tap something like that in season two, I think is a very strong player. I, I I can't disagree with your choices uh, in terms of them being unreasonable, but I I I they are not my choices. Uh, my top three, I didn't have to think about it very much. Number three was projections. Um, great episode. Uh, the the Frakes hand of really using camera work to elevate that episode uh, helped it so much. It's also really our our. You know, first like deep dive on the doctor in terms of a really focused episode for him for season two. So loved that. Had Barkley in it. Fantastic. Um, the my second was Resistance, new Jack Neelix, uh, rocking yes. and rolling. Uh, we had a, a, a MVP guest star. We had good Janeway. Uh, you know, that we had some some real like Stuff happening with what Voyager was dealing with that went underexplained, but that worked for the episode. Like their lack of knowledge played into what was going on. Uh, well constructed and well acted, and a a great example of the kind of show Voyager can be when it's hitting on all of its cylinders. Uh, but to me, the the very best episode of the season was Life Signs. The second Doctor episode with Doctor Pell, that gave me genuine feels. That had like real deep moments in it. Uh, that did a lot to elevate the Doctor's character even further. Pulled Vidians out of the trash where faces left him. Yes, made made the Vidians far more interesting and gave them depth by giving them a sympathetic character. Um. So by far my favorite. So those are my top three. I don't think we have any overlap on that. And that's what I'm saying, man. I think Voyager has some realized, you know, accomplishments in season two. It's, it's a very, it's both ends of the spectrum in one season. And, and maybe it's because they've got 26 episodes, but they are all over the map on quality. I agree they're all over the map. I agree that there's been some good stuff. I think that if you look at the 24 episodes overall, I can point to eight of them that I thought were good. I can point to 10 of them that were really bad. And then there was six or so that are hanging out in the middle somewhere. At the end of this podcast, I want to go just real quick down the episodes and just see if you and I can come to consensus. If there's a, if there's a split uh, you know, we'll we'll leave it off, but I want to see where where we're lining up on this. I agree, but before we do that, we have to go to what my favorite award is, and that's weakest shit. Now, to explain to any of our viewers that didn't watch our season one rest in peace live stream, this is the weakest shit we saw over the course of the season. That could be a whole episode, that could be a single scene, a single character. Whatever we define as the weakest shit, I know what my weakest shit is. Peter, what is yours? 
Uh, I'm going to give a special shout out before I give you my weakest shit. And that would be non sequitur Harry Kim's behavior, which just bugs the fuck out of me. Yes. I cannot forgive it. I mean, you're in, you're not in a bullshit timeline. You're in a real timeline. You could have really helped Voyager out. And this dude did nothing. Yeah. You'll never forgive him for that. You'll never forgive him. Ever, 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 ever. So that's my, that's my special shout out. But I think my weakest shit for season two award is going to go to the concept that Seska has any clout on Voyager whatsoever out of the Maquis. Uh, I love Seska. I've loved her plot line so far. And finding this huge glaring loophole in, in the show logic that you're going to have these these Cardassian murdering terrorists <laughs> find out that one of their own was like the biggest fuck you spy possible. Not only was she a Cardassian, but she's like Obsidian Order. Yep. And, and for them to even consider saying her name without spitting let alone sabotaging voyager to you know try to i don't know bargain for Kazon forgiveness uh it was a real hard pill to swallow and um i don't know if i would say it's as much weak shit as the old college tribe voyager gave to the talaxians in last season but it really it really took the wind out of my sails on the seska thing I, I agree. When you brought up how little sense it made that someone like Jonas, who clearly was a Cardassian murdering terrorist, like specifically decided that that would be his vocation, would be like, oh yeah, Seska's still my homie. I uh, couldn't get away from that either, but it isn't my weakest shit of the season. What's your shout out? My, uh, I guess I, I didn't come up with an honorable mention because I was locked in on what my weakest shit was when I considered this for the season. I'm going to go back to non sequitur, but I'm not going to bring up what you hate about non sequitur. The weakest shit of the season are the Federation security guards who come to arrest Harry Kim in his apartment in San Francisco with phasers and who have been transported into position. And somehow, some way, cannot get themselves to arrest him successfully because a cave woman stands in <laughs> front of them in front of the fucking window. Literally, the oh. scene is they beam in or whatever, and they're like, "Oh, we're here to help you, Harry. Here's the straitjacket, Harry. We're here to get you." And he bolts out the window, and the cave woman, his girlfriend, just like stands in front of of. Stands in front of, of the the window, like, ah, no, you can't follow him. And they're like, go, golly gee willikers, we can't we can't get this woman out of the way. We're just grown-ass space men with fucking laser guns. Yeah, yep. we're Marines. We're just gonna we're just gonna stamp our feet. We're gonna run run after him another way and just do this fruitless foot chase through fucking the Presadio or wherever the fuck the mission district. This is where he's got his goddamn apartment. Think about this though the police state the federation could have i mean you're giving them a hard time for beaming in and not you know zapping them it's unnecessary if you have to apprehend someone on earth i have to imagine there is like a global monitoring grid and you could just transport anybody anywhere against their will or with it, it, it that's why it's the weakest shit like are you telling me that 
Starfleet security is so incompetent that they are they're able to be foiled by random civilians that stand in the way and then random drunk hobo ex-terrorists that roll in from Paris and punch them in the face. Because that's what happens. Par- like, There's so much weak shit in that episode. It's amazing yeah. that it did not constitute like top three worst for either of us. It, Thinking it, back it, on all the reused stock footage, just all the other bullshit, Paris's friendship not really being fully ex- Oh, yeah. It goes to show how bad the season was. How robust the, the writer room's failures truly are. Exactly. It's like a fine wine. You got to pour it in the cup and just let it breathe. <laughs> that episode was merely pedestrianly bad. It was not soul-crushingly bad. Way um, to browbeat the caveman woman. That's That was a good one, Jack. Uh, that, that was a good play on words. You get a point. Uh, <laughs> oh, I see uh, Nathan's in on the same thing with it. And then uh, Jess McConnell. Weakest shit in the whole goddamn Voyager crew letting Tuvok get murder fucked. Uh, absolutely. Where the fuck was that? Yes. T- the Federation going completely 180 on its moral compass and destroying a new life to maybe resurrect, um, you know, two dead crew members with some cockamamie science that nobody doubted for a minute. Uh, yeah. And we've already railed on Tuvik's at length, so I don't want to go back down into that, but you know, realistically, yeah, that 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 it has to be the weakest shit award. Um, was Voyager's entire handling of the Tuvix uh, situation from the writer rooms to all the in character people? It it just it does not fit into Star Trek at all. And uh, I think that, I, to me that 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 transcends weak shit. That's like a total systemic failure type of situation. Whereas when we're talking about like weak shit, mm-hmm. what I'm thinking of is, oh, you like, come on, man. come on, what the fuck? Like, that's the best you can do. Like, no. that's the weak shit. So um, next we've got best console explosion. So many options this season. Yeah. And uh, for those of you who are just tuning in with us. Um, there is well-documented Federation defects where the computer stations where people are working are prone to blowing up because they're filled with, I don't know, helium (laughs) or some other Hindenburg material, uh, jet fuel from (laughs) Uh, 9-11. Melt steel beams. Melts Federation faces. I'm going to say the the number one console explosion has got to be the random and ever so important uh, but yet never seen and never mentioned prior um, a Maquis crewman uh, that that gets uh, blasted uh, as the, at the beginning of alliances mm-hmm. um, where we 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 see him get get not only killed, but then are treated to a a impromptu uh, funeral scene <laughs> where Chakotay <laughs> has to talk about how this another weak chick contender. <laughs> This madman apparently loved to just fight people, and and that's why he was a Maquis, because he was just a sociopath that started fistfights with everyone. Not to be confused with Lon Suter, who just started murder knife fights with everyone. Yes. So that's my, that's my, I mean, a console explosion that actually finished a face. Can't beat that. Can't beat that. 
Uh, this next one, uh, before I, I give you mine, I don't want to let this joke go, but um, I think we might come to the same conclusion. Best use of uh, non-intended use of Starfleet equipment. I'm going to have to go with Space Pipe. All right, come on. I mean, that's a Hall of Fame moment. Like, the, the, the use of engineering uh, department space pipes <laughs> as a deadly weapon on multiple occasions in the season really gives you an MVP situation. There's just no doubter. That's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Those I mean, pipes are going into Voyager Valhalla. Yeah. Uh, I want to roll back to the best console explosion. There's a couple of different ones to choose from, but I'm going to have to give my award to the console explosion that did not happen. Because I, I laugh every time I think about it. When Neelix was trapped in the cave with, uh, what are they called? The the, the Trange? The Kazon Tormentor? Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Just the thinking train. about how they threw that grenade at the guy's feet. And he's like, oh, what's this? And then the grenade blew up. And just, what if they did just throw a whole fucking computer cabinet? <laughs> <laughs> just vaporize him. Hey, the most powerful IEDs in all the Delta Quadrant are Voyager's panels. No mm -hmm. doubter. Well, it's just uh, Federation in general. Next up, we have the Hallmark Channel Daytime Soap Opera Award for gratuitous mel melodrama. Um, I I know it's got a sort of recency bias to it. Mm -hmm. um, they clearly, call it an availability bias in psychology. Uh, but it's really hard to see how resolutions could possibly be topped in this category. I mean, with the Chicote malading and their little house on the prairie clothes... And and the googly eyes and hand holding and fake Indian stories. Uh, that I mean, it really had everything. And you know, you can dial you can dial things back a bit and maybe try and, and pick out some pieces here and there that that could compete. But that really had it all. I'm gonna give my special nomination to Neelix giving Paris a hug. Uh, yeah. In yeah. Um, what was that episode? The one where uh, he's he's the the fake Bad traitor. Boy. Yeah. Yeah, where he's he's fake traitor. Uh, investigations. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where we where we had private where we had private Dick Neelix. Space cat. Yeah. Um. I'm going to go the other way on this one, and I'm going to say my gratuitous melodrama moment was in the beginning of Twisted, which was a terrible episode, when uh, Janeway's doing her hollow novel. And I come to the realization that somehow I've actually found myself giving a rat's ass about this mother trapped in the attic subplot in her stupid hologram program. Oh, that, wasn't, little... that wasn't Twisted, though. Wasn't it? No, that was. That oh was... no, no, that's the one with uh, the super powerful mm -hmm. space Q guy. What was that one called? Oh man, that was a God. pretty cool episode. That's uh, yeah, where uh, persistence again, of vision. Yeah, persistence very, of vision. That's very, what that was. Very scary, you know, addition to the Lovecraftian nightmare that deep space exploration is. That's the one where she's. Yeah, in her hollow novel, she starts hallucinating and seeing shit from the hollow novel going on in the rest of the ship, and they thought it was uh, um, hologram uh, malfunctions because they put the new projectors in. But yeah, the, the, the stupid little hollow novel thing, uh, I actually started getting into because the little boy was such a 
a Holy righteous shit. bastard in there that I was like, you tell him, little man. So and that, that gets my gratuitous melodrama award in a good I, way. I, w- I was thinking that if I was going to have a second choice, it would be any scene where Janeway is doing her bodice ripper uh, gothic uh, owl novel. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean... If I'm going to put a negative slant on this, though, like I think the award truly deserves, uh, it's also going to be another contender for the weakest shit award, and that was the ongoing and unasked for Tom Paris Neelix jockeying for Kess's attention. Uh, uh, that is the true rest in peace for season two, is them finally putting a fucking fork in that jealousy love it, triangle. I, I kind of forgave it, I think, in my mind, because the last episode where they dealt with it, they did such a good job. It was that Frakes episode with the freaking dinosaur puppet and all Space that. Puppet, baby, yeah. yeah, and it turned out super well, and I was like, oh, okay, sweet. Like This Agreed. wrapped up in a way that I didn't expect this to be any good. They had to use turned a, out to be real good. Yeah, they they used a D and D miracle wish to <laughs> <laughs> wish that whole fucking thing. yeah to to make that not suck ass. Yeah. Uh, but hey, uh, you're right though. Holy shit, twisted. I mean, that's the whole reason that that episode sucked. It basically had every bad C plot line in the show at that point. Yeah. Um, next, the OSHA Medal of Valor. Uh, another Jack suggestion. Um, I forget what episode that guy took the fucking dive from the second level yeah. of engineering in that effect shot. But that's, I, I, I God, I wish I could remember what episode that happened in. Cause that's definitely my winner. No doubter. I want to go with what you said as well, because that will stand out as one of the, I mean, that was a WWF moment. Like there might as well have been undertaker and a ladder for the kind of, airtime that guy saw before he slammed his back into the ground and died but (laughs) as we talk about this i'm gonna say my osha uh medal of valor moment was in deathlock where the voyager splits into two Mm -hmm. and they know goddamn well there is a dimensional reality portal rift sitting on deck 34 or whatever. Yep. Yep. And they don't even put like wet floor signs up to like get people to not go over there. If you, if you go down that hallway, you get put into alternate Voyager where you then get summoning sickness and blackout and maybe die, maybe be stuck on a ship. That's going to be organ raided and left to blow up. Uh, And Cabrith, I'm glad that you and I were on the same page when it came to cave woman versus Starfleet being, uh, the weakest shit. That's how I know you're a true fan. Mm. You you see weak shit and you understand it intrinsically. Um, worst character of the season. I will tell you who it's not for me. Uh, normally, Chakotay is such a strong pick for this that it's hard to say no to him. But he had enough interesting shit going on in Seska episodes that he I spare him this fate on that basis alone uh the that episode where uh, where uh he goes on the the solo mission to mm-hmm. uh snatch back the technology that got s- stolen on from them um, is that maneuvers no it wasn't maneuvers it was maneuvers you are correct that is maneuvers um that 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 was so good for him 
that I forgive his shitty house on the prairie antics. I forgive him his neck bearding. I forgive I even forgive him <laughs> fucking tattoo and the Jersey space tree people aliens and all that shit. Because that was really good. The worst character to me of the season uh was Janeway. Ooh, that's a bold pick. Um she didn't have every episode she was in wasn't terrible. My one of my favorite episodes was she was a key part of in Good In, but when I think back to really the parts of the show that I hated the most this season, I think of her and she's in there and she was definitely my, my worst character of the season. And now, it's the, and I would say that's the writer's fault and not absolutely. Kate Mulgrew's fault. Uh, yes. And, and you know, let's clarify and it's come up a few times. I don't think we can really fault any given, you know, the the information we've gotten about how strict they were to sticking to scripts, even bad dialogue. I don't blame anybody on Voyager for any bad portrayals and anything we're laying here is yeah. character decisions through the fucking writing room. I completely agree. Uh, are we when we're saying worst character? Are we talking main crew? Not, you know, throwaway space Amish presidents or shit hey, like that. You know, if throwaway space Amish presidents were so bad to you that they amongst all your other potential options represent the worst, then by all means, no restrictions. We we play fast and loose here on Views Please, Peter. You know that. You know how you know our brand. I got a split here, man. I'm gonna go main cast and I had Balana jammed down my throat so many different ways as this goofy motherly figure between prototype and her stupid obsession with this fucking robot that would later come to skynet the ship <laughs> and then uh the stupid what was the torpedo one death wish uh no dreadnought. uh dreadnought um they just ramrodded her as an idiot over and over again but i i think really the the worst character for this season was uh, Tuvok. I think there's still a flailing attempt by the writer's room to capture something interesting about his character. And with the exception of Meld, which is where we got our first taste of Lon Suter, um, and, you know, Tuvok being stupid and resulting in real talk Tuvok, who was very enjoyable. Oh, yes. You know, uh, He's just the sore thumb of stupid decisions and flat, boring scenes. And even his best attempts to impress us with his Mortal Kombat cosplay uh, left him dull and flat. <laughs> his Shang Tsung outfit. Yeah. <laughs> I was proud to put that sad effect in that episode. It was good. After you, I, I, I like that, Jim. Yeah, that yeah. was, it was that top notch. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, he, he was bad. You could make the case for Harry Kim. He 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 was bad. Um, but something about Janeway being so poorly written this season, in particular. Mm -hmm. uh, just when I was thinking about it, I couldn't get away from it. I think it was the monkey asking the monkey what the electrical <laughs> storm was. 
really like sealed the deal for me where I was like, I think thought about it. Like, you know what? It's you. It's you girl. You the worst. Um, let's see what we got next. Uh, next up worst alien technology. Um, how do we want to, how do we want to consider this? Mm -hmm. Are we saying like the dumbest shit or like, the worst like oh god this is a legit thing and and i would not this is a hell you know this juggalo tech is something i want nothing to do with <laughs> well I, I mean you know what judge it on it uh uh and on the level you see fit to judge uh i think the juggalo tech is not my pick simply no. because i think that it was far more interesting um I would I, say it's the best fucking tech. I mean, how many different awesome scenarios of applying this thing was I able to jam in the last four episodes alone? I I, I think the worst alien technology was probably the gimp suit robots. Um, you know, the the presentation of them in the show was so amateurish. Like local theater prop house level bad like slapped together with some tin foil and duct tape just before the cameras roll bad and on top of that uh, you know they just the episode itself was a steaming turd and wrapped up in this whole like motherhood allegory that made as you pointed out when you talked about Balana no fucking sense for her character. So the Gimsuit robots take it from me. I know I keep talking about it and it's because I've gotten myself all worked up again. I'm going to say the worst alien technology was the dreadnought, the super vessel, the super Cardassian missile. Yeah. I mean, that could kick any Starfleet ships ass and, and everything else. And it was a bum fuse on it that let it fall into Maquis hands to go uh, be tucked away to later rain hell in the Delta Quadrant. It was, you know, viable choice. The, the problem is it just boiled down to was too many jump to conclusions and, you know, classic season two writing. Was it really an issue in season one? The writer room ramrod an episode to happen at all costs. Common sense be damned. Or was that a recent development? I don't know. I mean, it kind of feels like they they did that a lot based on what we just watched this past, you know, six months. But, you know, when you're talking about that missile, the real life equivalent of that would be like some sort of super nuke, mm -hmm. like accidentally like flying into an Al Qaeda cave and we forgot to like turn it on Iron to Man. explode. Iron, yeah. an Iron Man suit that was just so Again, I'll go back to the Frieza analogy. They they swipe the world in half with one flick of their wrist, and they're like, "This is unprecedented technology." And its inclusion in this episode was, if it had been like weird alien Delta Quadrant shit, sure, but just Cardassian tech, no way. Next up, most obvious trap. Hmm. Man, that's a tough one. I would say the most obvious trap was hmm, maneuvers. I'm going to say maneuvers. When when they get stolen by the Kazon and go 
start playing through Seska's game of how to retrieve the technology, they straight up say from the start, in a trap, we are being trapped. This is this is a terrible idea. And that's ultimately why by Chicote goes and, and springs the trap by himself, because they know they're heading into it. And of course leads to Voyager having to go into the trap to save Chicote and all of that instead. That that was probably the most obvious trap. Every episode this season almost is some sort of obvious trap that Voyager willfully walks into. You know what? And and that's another good contender for the weakest shit award is that Voyager always skates by unscathed more or less. I mean, uh, maneuvers, resistance, that's the one where um, we got new Jack Neelix and, you know, the local Gestapo guys. Uh, have Voyager playing along and it's it's just over and over again. I don't think I can answer. I mean, obviously the, the biggest traps can end up being basics where, you know, they finally do lose the ship. Yeah. But, uh, but that wasn't as obvious. They fell into the trap, but that one at least played out with a little bit more subtlety as to what the trap actually was, you know, and hitting the, the self-destruct button. Yeah. Until it exploded. Like there was a little bit more subtlety to that. It was much more a Seska, you know, like, triple layer maneuver. Um, whereas the first time they got into the mess with Seska, it was a little bit more obvious they were getting fucked with. Yeah. Um, worst civilian outfit. That's tough. I'm going to have tough. to go with Paris and his velvet. Ch- uh, well, let's assume that Neelix is completely off the table. And no, whatever- whoa, whoa, no, I was, how can you do that? Because he's wearing that stuff. I have to assume that's his like assigned moral it's or morale. That's his civilian clothes, bro. Come on. He is African royalty. How dare you call him? <laughs> uh yeah, the, the Paris velvet shirt. Uh the Shang Tsung robes were just too good. And the little house oh, yeah. on the prairie outfits were like legit okay, you know, clothes. I, I could see people actually wearing that stuff, but his old Kirk throwback Velvet Admiral jumpsuit. Eh. You're missing a, a perfect example of the worst, and that is Chakotay's drug rug. <laughs> Chakotay's drug rug after whatever fucking space hoverball, fucking racquetball shit he was doing with Bolana in the holodeck, where he's just wearing that fucking poncho that the guy who dealt you weed in college used to wear. In my mind... Uh, he was not in the actually a racquetball. They were they were doing a uh, live action role playing um, drug wars from the TI eighty five graphing calculator. Ah, there you go. <laughs> oh, did that shit in college algebra all the time in high school. Yeah, yeah, I like that. That's good head cannon. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's my worst civilian outfit. But uh, honorable mention to the blue dick apron. Oh yeah, I mean that's cannot unsee. Cannot unsee that uh, that screen that screen cap was very instructive. Yeah. Um, biggest end of the episode reset of things going back to normal. Tuvix, fuck everything else. They murdered a dude, and then never talk about it again. Such they a murder a man, and it never comes up. How the fuck do you top that? Uh. I, I don't know if I can. I'm I'm trying to scratch my head here and come up with 
something. Uh, I mean, Death Wish, I thought was a real shit end. You know, I thought it would have been cool to actually bring a Q onto the crew for a little bit, but of course they just let him end up killing himself anyways. And I think Cold Fire probably has kind of a weird, just everything goes back to normal ending too. Because yeah, they have I to mean, touch on that stuff later on though, don't they? No, they don't. I mean, that's the thing that's fucked up about that episode is they set up all this shit for more of the other caretaker and whatever is up with casts and all that stuff. And they used Gary Graham as that, as that, uh, uh, the, the leader of the space elves that went off with the other caretaker who gave them superpowers mm-hmm. and that none of it ever gets used ever again. Not a fucking word. And, uh, you know, the episode kind of ends with, okay, well that was a crazy adventure. Cast lost all of her, her fucking super saiyan powers. All right, back to back to what we were doing. Right up and up up. I'm going to give my biggest end of an episode. <laughs> biggest end of an episode reset of things going back to normal to resolutions. And that's going to be the Little House on the Prairie episode because of the unceremonious way that they drum Dr. Pell and the Vidians off into obscurity, never to be heard from again. You took the best romance I think Star Trek has ever seen. Uh, You took one of the strongest uh, guest star characters that we've had on Voyager period. What has now become the best Voyager, really any of the Star Trek. I mean, the the Vidians at this point are full-fledged supervillains. Um, you've left Dr. Pell to basically be hung out to dry and murdered by her Nazi regime government. Mm-hmm. And no one says boo about it. You get no reaction from the doctor. You just, you took such a great thing you built and you just farted on it, let it fall apart off camera. Um, and it was a goddamn shame. Um, and, and I think really to the detriment of the Voyager universe you've built so far. So I would say that little hand wave, everything's cool, doot, 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 and off we go, really hit me between the legs. Yeah, how good um, that that episode was and how they barely use it again. It almost would be better if they never did. Yeah. So what's the your that might better... be my another character uh, fucking thrown for the weakest shit awards is the Vidians. Yeah. So all many options the, all over the map. You finally build a, a compelling villain and you just squander it. And why? Because insurrection came around and you've got a new alien species that's stretching skin over the face and or no, was insurrection before or after Voyager? Insurrection was during i don't know man it's it's uh it's a bad one uh jack's bringing up that the biggest reset might be the almost destroyed voyager at the end of deathlock being operational without a couple months in space dock repairs like the next episode like nothing fucking happened like the ship the ship is all beat to shit you got whole decks that look like they're like gone through an apocalypse and it's like nah, it's fine it's fine. I don't really mention all the damage they took. Absolutely a plus comment on that one. And I was thinking about it. You know, there, there was another one we had in here about uh, something about, you know, most glaring oversight that replicators can fix any problem. Like the episode where Seska has the specialized 
Kazan forget like punch a hole in the hull and then mm -hmm. like shock troopers pour out when they steal the transporter technology. You yeah, got maneuvers. this hole in Voyager that is the size of a ship and they never all the dumb stuff they put there, you know, the we had, we had a, you know, someone say was the doctor floating in space really that bad of a thing that Voyager did? In a vacuum, no. But when you think about the special effects budget they pissed away on that, could have been them showing you know, large cargo bay replicators replicating new bulkhead and, and try to explain why is Voyager always in pristine condition? What are they doing that allows them to reset the ship to a point where you can't tell it's been stranded with low resources and everything else? I want to take a pause here. The V'ger, please, uh, trauma support group, um, uh, you know, one of the, our big show contributors put a Hitler reacts video up for Voyager. Mm -hmm. And I think he just hits the nail on the head 10 times out of 10 times. And, you know, one of the gags he makes in there is, you know, there's no stakes. Everything just seems the same at the end. And just like Jack saying now, you know, you've got massive damage. The ship takes over and over again, including Deathlock, where the ship is like, uh, what is it? 11 minutes to midnight in a nuclear war strategy, uh, you know, threat. And then, yeah, next episode, everything's fine. You, you don't even get throwaway lines about, man, we've been working around the clock to put the fucking ship back together after it just fell apart. But whatever. It's like the exact opposite of Battlestar Galactica. Yes. Like Battlestar Galactica was obsessed with that minutia to the point of almost sometimes distracting and detracting from the narrative. Whereas Voyager cannot be bothered to give two shits about it most of the time. And... Neither approach, I think, is correct. Um, God, we've been at this almost an hour already. Uh, let's move through to uh, best slash worst visual effect. I think there's there was some a lot of potential there. Mm -hmm. I think the best uh, visual effect was absolutely uh, in... Uh, the Alliances episode. Oh, don't you take my pick, you motherfucker. I am. When the Trabe ship ship does the strafing run on the uh, on the the delegation, you bastard! Yeah, I fucking stole that shit out your brain. That's definitely the best, and the worst was the the reuse of the bad thirty seven CG for the ship landing in basics. The fact that they took that shot and they're like, yeah, no, this seems legit. Let's do it. Let's do let's let's go ahead and stick with this one. Uh for the season finale. This is excellent. That that was peak. Uh all right. Well, you motherfucker. Let me I'm gonna tell you my worst I saw, one. Did I steal both? Did I no. steal your best and your worst? Okay. No. Uh the worst one it, it's a shame that these all come down to CGI, just you know, bad nineties cheap CGI. Um the space Amish episode where they depressurize the cart or the shuttle base. So Paris and uh, Janeway can fly out and just how video game low budget that looked. It, it was terrible. The, the ship flying, the Voyager, the shuttlecraft flying out of Voyager just looked miserable and unforgivable. Uh, the best, I would say if we're going to cut out the strafing run that, that, trade gunship had um very deservedly is going to go to Tuvok's brain being microwaved by Kessler. oh yeah ooh 
Yeah, that was a great effect. It was a practical makeup effect, too. Uh, that was fucking awesome. It was completely unexpected. It was very gruesome for Star Trek. I mean, that yeah. was a throwback to, uh, what was it, season one or two of TNG when they phaser fucking Remick until his head explodes and then the chest burster comes out and they gun that thing down, too. Um, and then I also think that uh, there's a hybrid point between, oh, also out of that same episode, um, Cold Fire, just the simple effect of Tuvok and um, Balana pinned to the ceiling with blood dripping off of them. Also, uh, very visually striking and, and a neat use of just simple camera effects. But I think there's a hybrid between the best and the worst effect. And that is the Space Muppet Baby. <laughs> okay. Because it's a fucking Muppet. In Star Trek, that comes out of an egg, like, not the mama. And it's terrible in that it's a Muppet <laughs> in Star Trek. But at the same time, you're sitting there like, I should be really pissed off that there's a fucking Muppet baby. But it's this, awesome. It's this great. Is, I think I might either be having an aneurysm or this could be legitimately awesome. And I'm okay with this. And this whole episode's just, you know, the byproduct of Frakes' magic. So, uh, yeah, it is both the best and the worst thing. I I completely agree. It does not belong. It is so expertly crafted. You don't mind. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see. Uh, most boss moment. What was the suggestion? Was most boss moment i would say that that would be chakotay telling kava as he is getting his ass kicked by him in maneuvers mm. that when seska is done with him she's going to kill him too and like and that whole interrogation scene you could probably say is boss moment after boss moment for chakotay like sticking his giant Indian wang right right in Kula's face mm -hmm. about how little shit he gives about whatever fucking nonsense he's gonna pull. But that that whispered mid-beating she's gonna fucking kill you too like warning was probably my favorite Chakotay moment. I would call it the most boss moment of the season. Uh, that was excellent. I'm gonna say the transporter I'm sorry the um my the honorable mention you already used it for best special effect but uh yeah the the trabe's little setup to actually have a fucking gunship come strafe the kazon upper leadership meeting uh that was a real power play on the trade side so kudos to them but and it's funny that these are all involving the kazon the kazon are just the the space trash that even the federation can't pass up you know dropping the pimp slap on the episode where Oh, what the hell happens? Oh, uh, yeah, where, where Chakotay gets captured, and they're going to try and do this flyby transport to yank Chakotay out, and they can't because he's being shielded or whatever. So instead, Janeway beams the entirety of the leadership of the Kazon Nistrum over to Voyager, where Tuvok and security dudes have guns on all of them. And she says, here's how it's going to be. 
Um, and by the way, you're all going to be prisoners unless you give me exactly what I want. I think that was the strongest, most empowering moment and, and just clever clutch shit I've seen out of her uh, and, and really was a good Star Trek captain moment for the series. I agree. Uh, aside from her original meeting with the Deans, probably her best individual moment yeah. on the show in terms of like doing captain shit. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, definitely would have been a bigger power play if she had made out with herself during Deathlock, as we had pondered she might, but you know. I'll some, let you guys some... know since this is a live episode. We. Joe, I think, had to cut probably five minutes of yeah. our Deathlock thing out for things because we went down a rabbit hole. We went down a rabbit hole with that. A nasty, ugly rabbit hole. Uh, if you ever see it as a convention, get us drunk and we'll we'll tell you what that was. But yeah, I, I guess be- <laughs> and people don't know. Our fans may not be aware of how much I edit out because uh, you know we we. We have pretty uh, dark senses of humor, Peter and I, and we're bad people. We're, we we know where kind of the line is with what where our target audience is at. We're aware well, the line of that. is the line is between people listening to our mouths again or people saying, "You know what? I've had enough of these fucking guys." <laughs> yes, we know where that line is, and so there's, there's only so far a podcast without commercials to to win me over can hold me forever. Yeah. And uh, we we went down some funny in my opinion uh paths on on Janeway self-sessed conversation uh in the deathlock episode but uh ultimately i listened to it and i'm like this is this is probably way too much and i'm going to have to edit it all out and 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 clearly did yeah um there's a whole episode where we went on a 10 minute conversation about our strangest uh, uh uber rides and i shared a did we cut that I cut. We cut that. <laughs> yeah. Um, you cut out the part about where I out you for being a brony. Yes, and <laughs> and I cut out a little bit of of where you outed yourself as a juggalo. So I'm a scholar. Yes, of course you were. Yeah. Um. So yeah, just a little insight yeah. for our fans here on when we're doing a little bit of live confessional. You know, there's there's some deep cuts you don't hear, and you should ask us about them in person. Um, let's wrap our discussion. I want to get the two in the, the, the guest star and and yeah, those are, those are two good ones to end on. Um, best guest star of the season. What's your pick, Peter? You give me yours first. Hmm. You see, I was trying to decide between the two that I was still struggling to decide between. Um, I think I have a bias towards Gary Graham, so it's coloring my perception of him in Cold Fire. Mm-hmm. I thought he was really good, but uh, actually, I don't think he was the best. Um, I would say that yeah, if I if I'm being honest, then Resistance is probably you know, going to have the best, uh, it was Joel Gray was the, uh, played, uh, the, uh, the grieving father who had kind of lost his mind. And he, uh, he really made that whole episode 
amazing. And I got to say that he was probably the best, the best guest star of the season. We've got uh, the the guy who portrayed Tuvix. Yeah. Um, I do think he did a wonderful job mashing up two characters in a fluid yet unpredictable way. And also was able to give a strong enough performance as a what could have been a very silly character to the point where it carried outrage. You know, he he conveyed a lot in the few lines he got in that last 11 minutes to really just taint an entire crew's morality and, you know, where they stand yeah. in my books. Um, and then, of course, uh, Lon Suter, uh, who has quickly become one of my favorite Voyager characters, period. Um, I'd like to throw, you know, Q a shout out, but yeah, you know, Death Wish had a <laughs> overshadowing. And it's certainly not going to win a Q. Also, you know, Dr. Pell for, for really bringing some, some real love. Man, I don't know. That's a hard one. Um, yeah, I mean, John DeLance was great. Uh, the actress that played Dr. Pella was great. The guy who played Lon Suter was good. But um, as far as like a guest star that made an episode special, that really like took it to the next level, the only person who did that all season, in my opinion, was Gary – was – was um, sorry, Joel Gray. I always said Gary Graham again. Yeah. But – uh, Joel Gray in, in Resistance. He made that episode so much more than it would have been in a lesser actor's hands. And that's why he's got to be my number one. Fair enough, man. And then uh, best Frakes moment. I know what mine is. Uh, that is definitely the shot in Projections when it's getting into the oh, Barkley was another strong uh, guest star. Damn. Yeah. yeah. Another, yeah. Another good guest star is Barkley. But uh, when the, the episode's making the turn into space madness and Barkley's trying to convince, starts trying to convince the doctor to kill himself. And the shot is framed kind of through the doctor's uh, the way his arm is positioned and you see Barkley through that and they use that kind of weird off angle shot to start to convey the, the strangeness of what Barkley is doing adds visual elements to the storytelling adds second level to it. Uh, that was probably the, the best Frakes moment um, in the whole season. And as a consequence of all the episodes that he did for the show. I would like to say space Muppet baby for the moment where you see a space Muppet baby and are strangely okay with it, but we already use that. I'm going to go with the end resolution of that, where we finally see what that race matures into, which is terrifying uh, Raptor people. Yes. Lots of teeth in a two sets of teeth, badass mask. And, and let, let me talk about this real quick because it's this Frakes thing, right? Um, last season rip we talked about i don't know it was a live stream we talked about best time travel episode right and mm -hmm. i think at the time i said uh, yesterday's enterprise was a strong contender another one i really liked is time and again which i believe is also a frakes episode that's the one where they hit um fraser's uh reliant class starship over and over again remember that I, deep 
Yeah, is that time and again? I, I know what you're talking about, though. Yeah, it's time and again, and I'm pretty sure that's a Frakes episode. There, he's got this way where he is able to pull these budgets and and build stuff that never gets reused anywhere in Star Trek. And you know, we we're talking about something where they're pulling movie footage in for the fucking non sequitur episode. It's pretty impressive. Um, and yeah, that that Raptor mask looked really cool and really stands as such a strong stark contrast to the effects we get in other parts of the the show and him to just have something that potent and then throw it away forever uh is cool and i'm gonna say that's that's my favorite freaks thing agreed who's your mvp joe my mvp your seasonal mvp my seasonal mvp is seska you picked the only person it could be (laughs) yeah uh, time and time again she showed up in episodes and fish the show out of the fucking toilet. Like, like, like a good plumber. She was there to, to provide all manner of entertainment. And uh, more importantly, make even the worst parts of the show better by her proximity. You mean Chakotay? <laughs> I mean, Chakotay like makes, makes the least interesting character. Interesting. Uh, you know, she had all this stuff with Jonas and, and like she was weaving her webs, uh, all of her cheesy hammy ass scenes with Maj Kala, Paris, uh, like Paris, the dialogue they had in, in the episode where they actually have their dialogue. Um, she she was absolutely a worker all season. Every fucking episode she was in was was great. Even when she wasn't in it much, her scenes were good. Absolutely. Uh, I, I can't think of anybody else I can throw to even to try and mention them. She uh, she is what put Voyager on the rails this season, I think. It, in Rarely do you see in Star Trek a villain character that just absolutely has the heroes fucking clocked. And not even the heroes. Like, I mean, the, the viewers at home, too. I mean, anytime the show can surprise me. It's delightful. And like you said, the stuff at the end of the basics, you know, her hitting, uh, knowing that Janeway is going to jump on the self-destruct and taking that card out of her deck uh, just felt good to watch happen. Yeah. I mean, they did her character justice and writing her as an effective spy, an effective psychological warrior. Like Seska's skill as an Obsidian Order agent is understanding weakness and exploiting it and transporting fools into the vacuum of space. Yeah. And, and not giving any fucks. And she, she plays all those cards effectively in all of her appearances. And, um, you you never quite know exactly where she stands on things and what level she's willing to go to. And all, came together very nicely uh, in all of her her appearances. As I imagine you suspect, Peter, um, she's not a permanent fixture on the show from this point forward. Yeah. Um, but I will leave you with a bit of hope that what you think is her last appearance is not. Well, I can so, live with that. So um, we got that. As we get ready to, to close this season out with a quick uh, tally on what was good and what wasn't, um, I want to revise my weakest shit award. Okay. Uh, I'm looking at the top of the season, uh, the 37s. The fact that I had to fucking watch the 37s on my birthday. 
that was the weakest shit. That's not how I wanted to spend my birthday yeah. with, with arguably the, I don't know if I can even argue it as the worst, but a terrible episode of this season. It, All right, it, Joe. It made it worse by proximity. Low blows, man. All right. So uh, 37s, I think we both agree that was bad. Yes, definitely agree. That was that was bad among the worst of the season. Initiations, I'm going to say was good. It was fine. You can, are we counting good as fine and fine as good or no? Uh, check marks or minuses. You can do a check mark or minus. I say check mark. Okay, check mark. Uh, projections, check mark. Uh, check plus. Yep. Uh, elogium garbage. Yeah, in the trash. Mm, non sequitur. In the trash. I mean, it was bad. It was. It was good for us, but I'm not. I don't have to take the trash can out. Mm-hmm. It can like stay in the trash, okay. you know. It's not like rancid. After a while, you kind of like the way it smells. That's yeah, a little it's all right. In the kitchen. It does. Uh, episode six was twisted. It that it spoiled meat. Get it out. Yeah. Get into the <laughs> fucking bin outside. I was listening to the last podcast we did. You start talking about spoiled meat. It gave me flashbacks to the sheds. I don't know. I didn't think to that lady's obsession with spoiled meat. Oh, Jesus, yeah. We got some fan hate on that one. Uh. Twisted was garbage. Part tuition. Uh, that that was that's check. Which was part tuition? Uh, that's the space Muppet babies. Oh yeah, obviously check. Uh, persistence of vision. Uh, I'm gonna give that a a in retrospect weakest possible check because the ending is cool and the but that's that is like. The softest recommendation. It was a good it. space ornament. Uh, tattoo minus. Absolutely, that is thumbs down. Nuclear waste. <laughs> Forget Fallout seventy six, boys and girls. You can oh, just watch tattoo. Cut it out. It's done. Cold fire. Check plus. Check. Maneuvers. I say check. Check for sure. Resistance. Check. Check. Check plus. Yeah. Prototype. Thumbs down. Ooh, meat's gone bad. Yeah. Alliances, check. That's check. Yeah, yeah, I really like them fleshing out the case on episode 15's uh, (laughs) The Jury is Out, but not really. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Child's, no, that's one's called Meld, not Child's Play. Meld, mine Meld. Uh, Meld's Meld's definitely a check. Yeah, I say check. Dreadnought, minus. Boo! Gosh, Death Wish, I'm going to say. Oh, that. There's a that's a minus minus. That's like a minus, and it came back around and was a minus again. It's my worst of the season. Yeah, I'm gonna go minus on that too. Uh, Life signs was check plus. That's the Doctor Pell episode. Yeah, absolutely check plus. Uh, Investigation. Uh, check. It had some great dialogue scenes. That was Tom Paris doing his his thing, being a spy. Yeah, I'm gonna check that too. I also want to weakest shit award the fact that fucking Neelix could just access security stuff without it vo- verifying his voice print. That's bad continuity, Star Trek. Boo. And also, that's that 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 episode's got to get special awards for uh, the the Disney villain level that Jonas uh, pitches himself to. I'm also gonna get that OSHA Medal of Honor when you've got the fucking plasma <laughs> Inferno to Hell right on the main engineering deck. Have an actual to- cat fight. He's, you know, like he starts to act like he's a sneak up behind Neelix and kill him with a plasma torch. Like, 
<laughs> you know, spinning his fucking like mustache, doing the creep. Ah, the creep. Ah. Uh huh. Um. So it was investigation. Death clock plus plus uh, innocence. <laughs> Terrible. That I, I should have shit on more. That it just wasn't worth it. The thaw. Minus, but I, I imagine your juggalo fondness for it is going to. Yeah. I mean, push I really like Chuck McGill, but it was not a good episode. Chuck Dude, McGill Vic, was fucking awesome in it, and everything else about it was like, but why? Yeah, I'm gonna say two Vicks was a check. I'm not. I'm gonna say nothing. All right, so that's the first one we've disagreed on. I'm gonna say nothing at all. Resolutions uh, minus overall. Yeah, it was bad. Sorry, monkey. And then basics part one. Check. Yeah, I'll give that a, a positive. All right, man. I'm gonna tell you these up. We'll throw them up on the um, on the. Well, let's put it on the main thing since that's a pretty big rundown for us. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you to everybody that decided to join us here on a random ass Thursday night uh, for our live stream. Uh, just as a reminder, next week there will be no V'ger Please content. It's Thanksgiving week. We all, of course, got stuff to do, I'm sure. So uh, forgive you, us as viewers at home, listeners at home. You have to make one person at Thanksgiving listen to our bullshit and get them to start. Yes. Yeah. Yes, because you want to ruin Christmas for these people. <laughs> Especially find the family member you like, but not enough. That's you know? a perfect gift is to download our podcast, put it on cheap jump drives from Micro Center and and give it to all of your families for Christmas presents. Can it would it be would it be considered bad form to give your family AIDS? Give them V'ger, please instead. Yeah. And then um or space caretaker syphilis, whatever. Whatever. We're, you know, we're 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 all about whatever terrible things you want to do. Big thank uh, you to everybody who submitted questions on this. And we got real strong fan participation. It was a lot of fun answering questions that we didn't write. Absolutely. And we hope everyone enjoys listening to it after the fact. And we appreciate everyone that came on uh to participate. Uh and you can expect to hear from us the week after Thanksgiving. As we finally, at long last, review threshold, Peter and I will figure out a, a time here in a not too distant future. We'll get together and uh, we'll do that one live in person in the same place, which will be, I think, a, an interesting. Either pretty treat. fun or a terrible mistake. Just like I think it'll be good. Itself. Yeah, you know, you'll right. be in the spirit of the show. It'll be good. It'll be good. All right, everybody. Until then, this has been VG. Please, a hateful reflection on V'ger on season two of star trek voyager i name is joseph i'm peter and we will see you next time